All right, guys. We got who's number one? Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena. Two Pena. Sorry. Uh, kind of got scolded, reprimanded. Actually, I didn't. I just came across a thread on Reddit, BJJ, whatever you want to call it. Some guy took the time out to put everybody on blast and let everybody know that it's not Felipe Pena, Felipe. It's Felipe Pena. So everybody out there, stop it with the Peñas. You've been put on notice. Now you know. Hey, I don't care what you call him. As long as you acknowledge him, as long as you know he's there, if you even know who he is. Hey, and if you don't, open your ears up and take a listen. Uh, I'm glad we have people of all stages, white belts, blue belts, black belts, forever, whatever. If you're a fan of BJJ, it should not matter how long you've been following or if you're a fanboy or not. If you're paying attention to what's going on, then that's fine. That's good enough, man. We need all the fans we can get. Love and respect to everyone. Appreciate everyone's opinions. Let's move on. Before I get into the matchups, I do want to talk about, or actually I want to acknowledge and give a shout out to Tijuana's own Brandon Moreno. Congrats, my brother. You had an awesome match on Saturday night, this past Saturday. Kai Car France gave it his all. Shout out, Kai Car France. You're a stud, but it just wasn't his night. Brandon Moreno took Kai's best and came back. Your boy right here predicted the third round finish. I did say it was going to be by submission. Uh, hey, close enough, but I'll take it. Third round finish, y'all. This is the motivation. Right, the first matchup we have on the Who's number one card is Fabricio Andre taking on Fabian, the captain Ramirez. If you're unfamiliar with either one of these guys, I'll give you a little back bit of background on both of these guys. Um, Fabian Ramirez is the guy that was on the Who's Next uh, reality show. He was the guy that wore the captain's hat. He is a Matt Sarah brown belt, Who's number one competitor, an ADCC trials competitor. He competed at both the East Coast and West Coast trials. And I rem I'm not sure how far he went in both, but he was there at both. He didn't medal, but he was there. So he's got that experience. He's got some experience with the ADCC rule set as well as the who's number one rule set, which is what they're going to be going by on this night. Uh, I did go back and watch a handful of his matches. I watched some of his, uh, his trials matches. I watched his who's number one match uh, in the finale against Andrew Tackett. And I can tell you guys that he does like to work for leg locks. And in his match against Andrew Tackett, you know, I mean, maybe it was just a matchup problem. Maybe it was just a level of jujitsu. I don't know. But Andrew Tackett seemed to be cruising through that match. He was on, on Fabian's back throughout the match, constantly putting him, in, putting him in trouble. And eventually, I think he got subbed by armbar, if not if I'm not mistaken. And it was pretty deep in the match. It was like 40-ish, 45-minute mark, I want to say. Uh, so they, he did go pretty back. He is a survivor. He does have some very good uh, defensive jiu-jitsu skills because he was stuck in multiple bad positions, and each and every time he was able to get out. I'm not sure if it was a cardio issue, issue or whatnot. Uh, I don't think he'll have to worry about that because I think these are all 30-minute matches. So as long as you can last 30 minutes, Fabian – Give it your all, bro. Um, 
He is an active competitor. Uh, what I'm a couple of questions I have. What will he do different from his last Who's Number One matches? What, what did he learn from being on Who's Next? What did he learn from the trial matches? You know, uh, he's definitely got his hands full with Fabricio. Let me talk a little bit about Fabricio here, real quick. I'm sure you already know who Fabricio is. He's an world. He just won World Jiu Jitsu Gi Championship, so he's super young, uh, early 20s. I'm not sure his exact age. Uh, and he's dabbling in nogi now. He's a fight sport black belt. He did win the second ADC South American Trials, I want to say. And since he, that, I think his game has changed. I went back and I watched a bunch of his matches. If you're not familiar with Fabricio Andre, do yourself a favor, man. This guy is, is very exciting. If you were going to send someone some what matches to watch or a person to watch who didn't have anything any kind of background knowledge on jujitsu, I would tell them to watch some Fabricio Andre matches because he is just fun and exciting to watch, man. He's constantly shooting for subs. He hits them from all over the place. And like as I was saying, since his ADCC trials um, appearance, he has been – you can tell. He's been working on his wrestling. Ask Mason Fowler. I said this on a previous episode. Uh he looked really good in the wrestling department in that U.S. versus Brazil Polaris match. Again, go check it out on YouTube. You can check it out. They got all the matches up there. Watch his match against Mason. And I'm not sure what the show was that just occurred a couple weeks ago. I think it was a show like in Rome or Italy, and Fabrizio was on there. But, man, he has been hitting this slick, super quick, fast duck under on just about everybody. And he hit it a couple of times on that show. Uh, do Again, go check it out. Go watch it. His first match only lasted a couple of minutes, so it's not going to suck up a bunch of your data or a bunch of your time. And you'll see what I'm talking about in just that match. Just watch that that one match, and you'll f- freaking want to go back and watch all his other matches because it's all his, every match that he's in is, is that. He's constantly... Getting out of bad spots if he is in bad spots or he's wrestling or he's getting subs in crazy, crazy spots. I want to say that I saw him hit something from a pass the other day and ended up getting a submission. So very fun to watch. Very explosive game. Another very active competitor. You can't give the guy anything for a second. You can't extend your arm. You can't pull your neck out. You can't let him get in deep in a takedown because whatever he's going to go for, he is going to go to the max on that, to the 10 for sure, and he's not going to stop. And if you give him the benefit of the doubt, he's going to end up making you submit. So what is Fabian going to bring to the table that it's going to slow Fabricio, Fabricio's game down? You know what? I just don't know. I just don't see it. He's going to have to slow down Fabricio somehow, some way. He's going to have to try to control him. He's going to have to try to limit the amount of scrambles because that's what Fabricio's specialty is. Cooking you, putting full core pressure on you, making you make mistakes, making you do something that you don't want to do, and he just ends up snatching a neck, snatching an arm. Uh, I haven't seen him go for too many foot locks or whatnot, but I've seen plenty of triangles, plenty of arm bars, plenty of rear naked chokes. So... This is going to be a very fun match to watch. And like I said, uh, this is going to be a small preview. I know Fabian's not in ADCC ADCC in September, but Fabricio is. And he is primed and ready, man. He might be just hitting his peak right about now. 
Next matchup. Matchup two, the matchup that I thought was going to be the first matchup on YouTube, a prelim match. I'm not sure how it's going to go down. I'm not sure how many matches they're going to have on YouTube or even if they're going to have matches on YouTube. I don't think Flo's announced that yet. Um, but according to the card on Flow again, number two, Diogo, Baby Shark Race, taking on our boy Esteban, the Giant Slayer Martinez. We're big fans of Esteban. We were uh, trying to arrange an interview with him a while back, and we just couldn't quite line up our schedules. But, hey, he is a fan of the show. He knows we're out there. He does communicate with us through message every once in a while. So, uh, hey, shout out to Esteban. Looking forward to you doing this match, bro. Thank you for giving this to the people because this is going to be one of those matches where you're going to want to grab your popcorn because it's going to be a scramble fest. So we got Yogo Baby Shark Race, a fight sport black belt. I want to say dude's only like 20 years old. He is a South American ADCC trials winner. Beat Diego Bato in the finals. I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Um, he's got a really good game to watch. He's kind of like pick his picks and chooses when to speed it up, when to slow it down, when to let his opponent uh, maybe gas himself out. You might think that. He's taking a break, but it kind of seems like it's strategic. I, I went back and I watched a lot of his matches. And as a matter of fact, if you go back and watch the finale of the ADCC Americans, uh, the South American trials versus Diego Bato, I kind of think that's what he did. At first, I thought that uh, Bato was just bullying him around, but I think that he just let him do that. I think that he studied the rule set. His team came up with a really good plan. It looked like they just kind of drained Bato's batteries and waited for the overtime to get to get there. And then once they were in overtime, that's when the real game plan came out because by then Bato couldn't stop a takedown. Bato couldn't keep his guard up. He was able to get the pass. He took the back and secure the, the, the victory. I know that Yogo's been working on his wrestling. I'm not sure if he's some part of like a Brazilian national team wrestling, but I have seen video of him wearing a singlet doing some Brazilian wrestling tournaments. So he's he's been working on that. And then again, he's part of Fight Sport. That's Cyborg. That's Mika Galval. That's Fabricio Andre. That's four names in this eight in ADCC. And you know how much ADC relies on or looks at wrestling. So he's definitely been working on his wrestling game. He is very small, but he's pretty strong. I mean, if you can handle Diego Pato, Pato's a beast, you know. Um, let's talk about Esteban. You don't know who Esteban is. I'm sure you've seen videos of him on YouTube, on Instagram. You name the social media, but he's the little guy that takes on the big guys. Just thus the name, the Giant Slayer. He's got one of the. He's probably one of the sickest scramblers in the game. He can get out of virtually any bad position. Uh, a question I have here: Is he going to wear the one sleeve, get uh, one sleeve rash guard? I don't know. Is that going to come into play? I don't know. One thing I do know, though, he's got a really good takedown. He's got a nice, I'm not going to say it's super fast, but it's a sneaky duck under that he uses to take either take the back or secure a single leg into a double leg. He's got pretty good sneaky takedowns. He does hit a lot of trips. He is a, one of the smaller competitors, so that's something that a lot of people may not be able to plan for. You know, you, you know, what he's bringing to the table, but you can't simulate it in that in practice. And you can't simulate the scrambles or the escapes that he's going to bring. 
He's never out of a fight. He's just like pretty much in any match. He's one scramble away from getting a takedown, from getting a submission, or from changing the entire match. He does really good against larger opponents. He's able to squeeze out of small spaces, create scrambles when he needs to. Uh, but this time he's not taking on a bigger opponent. He's taking somebody who's just a little bit bigger than him, but not much bigger. Um, oftentimes I feel that he's a gambler, and which is good and bad because sometimes you're able, he again, like in the, in he's proven that he's able to get out of bad positions, but is he going to be able to do that against someone like Diogo? I, I, I don't know. I just feel like you can't do that against someone the caliber of Diogo. And as much as I like the Giant Slayer, uh, I just think that Diogo's game is a little more tactical, more game plan, more nothing's up in the air, nothing's left to chance. Everything that he's doing is calculated and planned for. And I think that he's going to come up with a game plan to counteract anything that Esteban might be able to do. And he's going to get a victory. I don't think that he's going to be able to submit him, but I think that he might be able to control him. And if he isn't, then, hey, that's that's Esteban's game. That's where Esteban excels. If Esteban can create some scrambles, push the pace on Diogo, that, not that I've seen Diogo's gas tank get to a level where someone can take advantage of that, as you can see from his match with Diego Pato, he is able to go late in the rounds. Uh, this is going to be another 30-minute match. Uh, but again, man, I, I just think that Diogo is going to be too technical and not leaving anything up to chance, and he's probably going to get a W by by um, by decision. Going back to the match before, I, I, I think Fabrizio is going to get a sub, man. I'm seeing a sub within the first 10 minutes of this. He is fun to watch, man. Like I said, if you didn't watch his last two matches, they're on flow. I can't remember the name of the gentleman, the two guys he went up against, but he caught some quick, a quick fast sub in his first match. And in his second match, he was just putting the guy in traps and eventually got the sub. Uh, so again, Fabricio by submission. Third match, we got Jacob, the hillbilly couch, taking on J-Rod. Third match on the card. Let's look at some stats here. Jacob Couch, the Daisy Fresh Brown Belt. I want to say he's a world champion, Nogi, I believe, at purple belt level. Uh, he's got a really good wrestling game. I think that was his background coming in from Kentucky. I think he was a high school wrestler out there. Uh, but since he's transitioned into jiu-jitsu, he's turned into quite the leg locker, and that's what he likes to do. He's got a very strong game. He likes to sit down right away. He is a big false reap guy. He's been killing people with that. The only person who has been able to solve the Jacob Couch puzzle has been Gordon Ryan. But hey, who doesn't who doesn't Gordon Ryan figure out eventually? He got smashed in his last match, Jacob Couch versus Gordon. But again, who doesn't? He was an ADCC East Coast competitor. He didn't medal. Uh, he didn't compete in the West Coast trials. Uh, my questions are, is he going to sit down or is he going to try to wrestle? Is he going to be able to slow down, slow down J-Rod? 
And uh, wh- what is he going to do? Is he going to do the same thing that he always does? Sit down, try to grab a leg and rip it off? Uh, looking at J-Rod, man, if you're not familiar with J-Rod, go check him out. He made his jiu-jitsu splash at the ABC West Coast Trials. want to say he won the 77-kilogram division. Dude, he submitted everybody, guys. If he did, If you didn't watch it, ADCC Trials, West Coast, go check it out. And if you're like, hey, Frank, who should I go watch? You know what? Go watch J-Rock. Watch every single one of his matches because you're going to see some wrestling. You're going to see some scrambles. You're going to see some back takes. You're going to see some guard work. You're going to see a passing game. You're going to see it all. I was really surprised to see so much game in such a young competitor, such a young jujitero. Uh, he had some very impressive matches against uh, Mike Crisp, against Hunter Colvin. Very calm, very composed. Submitted a lot of high-level black belts. And again, he subbed everybody. <clears throat> he does love chasing the back. He does love his buggy chokes. He's got a lot of momentum. He was on the Who's Next podcast or podcast. Who's Next show. He were, didn't quite make it onto the show because he lost the initial match to get into the house. But he did get that experience. He is a B-team member and gets to train every day with Craig Jones his older brother, Nicky Rod, Damian Anderson, who's got an awesome match this weekend against the Central Valley's uh, Josh Cisneros. We'll, hopefully, I remember to talk a little bit about that at the end. We'll talk about that. And uh, the rest of the crew of, at B-Team, man. So he gets to train with killers each and every day. This is going to be a really fun match to watch. Uh, but you know what? I just think that J-Ron has shown more. Or tools. I know Jacob Couch has more experience. He is a higher level. But hey, you know what, man? When your brother is 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 Nicky Rod, when you're training every day with Craig Jones and the B Team boys, hey, you're and you're and you're surviving. You're surviving. And look what he did at the trials. I just feel that J Rod's got more tools, basically, uh, unless we. We see something different from Jacob Couch. I don't know, man. I see J Rod being able to get out of anything that Jacob Couch does. I mean, if he can survive with Craig Jones, he's gonna be able to survive with Jacob Couch. And once he gets his legs free, what is J- Jacob gonna be able to do to slow down J Rod? J Rod was putting it on on Giancarlo Bodani and in that last match at the last who's number one at a uh, show. So and Bodani is light years ahead of Jacob Couch. So if – and who knows how that match would have gone if there would have been a little bit more time. But, hey, that it is what it is. Um, I think this is going to be a very fun match to watch. And I just see J-Rod putting it on Jacob Couch eventually at the end and getting a submission. I don't know if he's going to – I'm not a submission, but a decision. I don't know if he's going to be able to finish Jacob. Jacob is, is a stud and hasn't been finished by very many people other than your boy, the King Gordon Ryan. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, 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 that I got, I got J-Rod, man. Uh, next matchup, you know, is, is, uh, Bia Mesquita versus Elizabeth Clay. That's going to be an awesome match. I don't know too much about both of these ladies. I know they are very, very technical. Elizabeth Clay is an awesome footlocker, world champion in Nogi, 
multiple super fight winner via mesquita i want to is a world champion in both gi and no gi she is very fun to watch this is going to be an exciting match um, I just think Bia is going to be able to pull this out. I think she's a little bit better, a little more experienced, has, again, more tools in her in her bag. Uh, and she's going to – she is just a little scramble machine too, man. She's got a game from the top, game from the bottom. She's fun to watch. This is going to be a cool match, but I got Bia by, by decision. All right, we got the last three matches. The last three matches. Next match up. Mika Galvao taking on Alan Sanchez. Now, Alan Sanchez is a guy that, I, I got to admit, I wasn't too familiar with him, so I did a little bit of research. I went on flow. I watched some of his matches. My people out there, I go watch these guys' matches. He is super good. He is a 10th planet. I think he's a black belt. Uh, yeah, actually, he is. He's a black belt under Adam Big Red Sacknob. He's a 10th Planet Wizard, an EBI welterweight champion. He does seem to have a very strong leg lock game, but that's not all he does. I mean, he's hitting, he's got that 10th Planet game. He's hitting dead orchards. He's hitting chokes. He's got a lot of good stuff, man. He's got a very fun game to watch. Um, I don't know what kind of problems he's going to be able to create that's going to slow down Mika. Mika is a freaking phenom. Just tearing everybody up, man. Uh, but hey, let me give you a little bit more background on Alan Sanchez. I just told you he was the EBI welterweight champion. He's got a really good guard. Um, I didn't see too much wrestling in any, from him in, in any of his matches. Uh, he did have an overtime match against Andy Varela at ADCC, and he lost by points. If I, if I remember correctly, I think he lost by a pass. If I remember, it was either a pass or he got taken down. Or uh, maybe not taken down because he seemed. To, yeah, I remember him sitting down a lot, so he's not. He doesn't seem to have a lot of wrestling. Uh, going over his credentials, he does have a, a victory over Jacob Couch, my boy Cody Steele. One of I mean, you know, Cody Steele. I think he's working on his MMA. He's kind of, but back in the day, Cody Steele was a very high level uh, BJJ competitor in both gi and no gi. He had a crazy cool match with our boy Mason Fowler at Purple Belt. Worlds a while back, uh, and he also has a victory over John Combs, who's a really good no-gi grappler. Uh, he's super underrated, man, uh, and and but unfortunately, man, he's going up against <laughs> the hurricane right now, Mika Galvao. Mika Galvao is a member of Fight Sport. He is the third member of Fight Sport team that's on this card. So that means, hey, they've been working hard in that gym over there. I'm sure all three of these guys – Mika Galval, Diego Reyes, and Fabricio Andre have been working hard to get ready for this show. He is a very young black belt. He is the youngest Gi world champion in the world. He is an ADC South American Trials winner. He's only 18 years old. He doesn't turn 19 until sometime in early October. So we got to remember, send him a cake. So, uh, Fonzo, send your credit card, fool. Uh, he is a submission specialist this guy can hit subs from everywhere he can hit subs from standing jumping pulling guard from the top from the bottom and he's constantly looking for them he's got killer momentum right now he's been in a lot of adcc competitors and legends in the game i mean you, when you go back and look at his resume he's beating leandro Lowe. he's being hulk barbosa 
He's got two wins over Ty Ruderlo. Sorry, Ty. He's got a win over Tynan Dalbra. Dude, we need to see that rematch in the Gi and in Nogi again later. Uh, he's got victory over Roberto Jimenez, Jonathan Alves. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And me and Cousin Ann had this discussion. You know, Gordon is – a lot of people say he's the GOAT, but he's only the GOAT in, in no Gi. And at this point, Mika's working on being the GOAT in both Gi and in no Gi. This is going to be upcoming his first time in ADCC. And I think this is going to be – one of those kids, one of those people that were like, holy crap, man, this guy changed the game. And this could be his coming out party right here, getting ready for ADCC. I think that Allen is in big time tr trouble. Uh, I don't know what he's going to be able to do to slow down Mika. And on top of that, Mika has really, really been working on his wrestling game. And as a matter of fact, I saw a video of him doing a seminar where he's teaching wrestling. So... He's so confident in his wrestling, he's having people pay him to teach them to wrestle. So not to say that that's anything because you can say pretty much whatever you want, except for Alex Jones. Uh, and actually, you can't say lies, Alex. And now they're calling you on it. So that's kind of cool. So whatevs. But hey, going back to this matchup, man, I just don't see what Mika's going to have. That or, I'm sorry. I don't see what Allen has that's going to be able to slow down Mika. What kind of traps is he going to be able to set that Mika's not going to be able to get out of? Uh, I kind of feel that Mika's going to be using this as a tune-up match. He might be using Allen to, unfortunately, try out some new traps, try out some new parts of his game because it's probably going to be his last match before ADCC. We're only like well, five Six weeks away. So, uh, yeah. I got Mika by whatever the fuck he wants, man. Submission. Uh, if he wants this to go the entire time and win by, by decision. Literally, I think the ball is in his court and he's going to win whenever he wants. So, uh, Mika, decision, submission, whatevs. Uh, I don't know if this next match is... Is going to be the co-main event, but it's Nicholas Muragali taking on Rafael Lovato Jr. Dudes and ladies, I think this is going to be match of the card, man. I think this is going to be, I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup here. This is a potential matchup that we could see at ADCC because both of these guys are in the under 99 kilogram division. Nicholas Muragali and Rafael Lovato are both invitees. Uh, let's get cracking on this, man. Nicholas Maragalli is a one-time Alliance black belt. I don't think he's still he's still training with them. I think that in the last IBJJF Worlds, he competed under Team Dream Art. But he's also been training with uh, Danaher and the B team. So he's kind of just like a Ronin all over the place, you know what I mean? Learning from everybody, trying to absorb the game, and he's really seemed to be... Uh, open and adapting to the wrestling game. He really wants to show that he can wrestle now. He loves Danaher as a coach. He's done numerous interviews where he's praised his coaching and praised how his game has changed. He has since recently uh, dipped his toes into the no-gi realm and has had a bunch of matches, man. One of the reasons why I really like to watch Nicholas Muragali, and I'm a big fan, is his attitude, man. His attitude matches his game it's just mean it's tough he don't give a f 
He don't give an F. And you, you put that attitude and his previous game with the Danaher Death Squad and B-Team Wrestling and Leg Lock game, bro, I think he's a game changer, man. This could take him to the next level. He's a submission ace and is constantly working for the sub, man. He don't care, dude. He is going to – this this match right here is going to tell us a lot about how far his game has come and what he's been working on because Rafael Lovato, Rafael Lovato it ain't no joke, man. He's an ADCC silver medalist, fourth-degree black belt. He's the second American to win a world no-gi – I'm sorry, world jiu-jitsu championship in the gi and in no-gi. He, uh, and he, like I said, he is a ADC silver medalist. He won that back in 2013. He's got buttloads of experience. He did leave jiu-jitsu for a little while to dip his toes in the water of MMA. Became a world champion. Unfortunately, couldn't keep that up for medical reasons. And now he's back in jiu-jitsu and has been an active competitor in both gi and no gi. I do believe he retired in gi. So, uh, but just the adult vision. So Masters, sorry guys. He's now uh, competing in the Masters division, and I think he placed one. Uh, pretty sure he won gold at last year's Masters Worlds. Probably will do the same thing again. Sorry, guys. Watch out. Uh, I got one big question here, though, for for Rafael, and that's how motivated is he? How motivated is he for this match? Uh, I know he's an. ADCC invitee and it, is he going to be saving his game for that? What is he going to be showing us on Sunday? You know, and, and uh, I mean, I know he's a gamer. I know he's got tools up and, and tricks up the bag, you know, but what is he, who's got more to prove in this match? And I kind of feel like that's Miragali. I think that uh, a, a lot of people are still kind of downing his, his wrestling game. So I'm hoping that Miragali will show us his wrestling game against Lovato. Lovato was able to stay standing against John Salter, who's a awesome, awesome wrestler, if you don't know. NIA uh, national champion, did his thing out in Linwood University in Missouri. Just a really talented wrestler and was able to, to, to improve it put his game on him and, and, and secure the victory in Bellator. If you guys haven't watched that match, I'm, I mean, it was heartbreaking to watch, but it was, it was just a, a masterclass of Lovato's game. And is he going to be able to do that and put his game on Miragali? Cause you know, Miragali, man, as soon as the match starts, he puts his put his put, he puts his foot to the pedal and he's a hundred miles an hour and running from the get go. So, I know there's quite an age difference here. Um, I just said that Lovato is now competing at the Masters level. Miragali still at the adult division. Uh, how is that? Is that going to come into play later on? Is he going to be able to, to exude his gas tank and make Lovato do some mistakes that he's just not planned for? Who knows? I mean, this is going to be a... Honestly, in this in this match, I don't know who's gonna win, man. I don't know. I mean, I could totally see uh, Lovato stifling Miragali's game because he's just that kind of a veteran. He's seen everything, and he just could potentially manhandle Miragali because his wrestling is just that much better, you know. Or is Miragali gonna show 
something that he hasn't shown yet in his Nogi game and put Lovato on his heels and surprise him and catch a submission. The only way I see Maragali winning this match is that way, is by catching Lovato with a crazy submission or something sneaky. Otherwise, I think that this is going to be Lovato pulling out a decision and we're going to see 30 minutes of Nogi. So uh, again, this is going to be my choice, my pick for match of the night. Uh, but again, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's a toss up. So uh, I'm just going to be a fan. I'm going to have my popcorn ready. I hope you are too for that one. All right, everybody. That thing brings us to the last match of the night. That's going to be the main event. Gordon Ryan taking on Felipe Pena part three. Gordon's going to be looking for revenge. Felipe Pena has been taking up space in his brain for a long ass time. Long ass time. Ever since he got subbed by him at the 540 studio back in like, what was that? 2016. He is 0-2 versus Felipe Felipe Pena. Um, what has changed since that last loss to him at, at in the I want to say it was in the ADCC Absolutes, which he lost by. So if you're unfamiliar with this, it's okay, youngster. Take a seat. Let me tell you what happened. Uh Gordon and Felipe started talking shit to each other. Somebody arranged a super fight in San Diego, the 540 studio gym which used to be a really hot gym back in the day. Uh, they had a match. Felipe won by rear naked choke. Fast forward. I can't remember when that match was, but fast forward to 2017. Actually, that one was 2016. So then in 2017, at the 2017 ADCC event, I think that they met again in the absolutes, and Felipe won again, ended up taking Gordon's back. Wasn't able to get the submission, but he did win. And since then, Gordon has just basically blasted everybody in division, had his way, has done whatever he wanted to anybody, has been writing down notes, putting them in envelopes, telling people this is what I'm going to do to people, doing whatever he wants. Uh, and again, if you didn't watch the last Who's Number One show, he put on a major butt whooping on Pedro Moreno, who is a world nogi champion, stud, but was able to do pretty much whatever he wants, except for make Pedro tap to uh, smothering. So that was not fun to watch, especially if you were rooting for Pedro. But, hey, it is what it is, man. He has looked unbeatable. No one's been able to challenge him within the last five or six years. Um, but is Pena in his head? Is he so focused on Pena and wanting to embarrass him and not wanting to get caught in anything that he is going to allow Pena to, to do something to him? I don't even know. I don't even know. They do have a common opponent. I'm going to talk about how each of them did against that person in just a little bit. Let me talk about Felipe real quick. Not only does Felipe share the same name as one of my awesome brother-in-laws, but he, again, he is the last man to beat Gordon one time by rear naked choke, one time by decision. But since then, what has he done? Ah, it's, 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 it's good, but it's also bad. He's won some world championships in the Gi, won some world championships in no Gi, uh, test positive for steroids has been stripped of a title uh got 
submitted by Tech Johnson, uh, lost by referee's decision to uh, Bouchesha, uh, lost by points to Eric Munes from uh, Team Dream Art, but he's also beat Henrique Sacconi. He's also beat Wagner Rocha, uh, and he looked really good in what in the name of the the show that I'm talking about is Honor Challenge. If you didn't watch the show, go to Flow if you have a Flow subscription or hunt for this on YouTube. But the name of the event was Honor Challenge. Uh, Mika Galval was on there. Fabricio Andre was on there. Felipe Pena was on there. And Felipe had two matches. He ended up winning his first match by a rear naked choke. Didn't take very long, actually. The common opponent that both of these guys have is Wagner Rocha. So let, we'll talk about that. Let's, let, you know what? Let's just talk about that, man. And I'm going to try to be totally honest on this. Gordon looked way better in his in that match. Gordon was able to, to move from position to position, put Wag, Wagner in very bad positions that he was eventually able to get out of for a while. Uh, he had Gordon on his back for most of the match. Eventually was able to get Gordon off his back, back to his feet. Gordon got the match back to the mat and was able, eventually able to secure a triangle choke towards the end of the match. Uh, it was a who's number one match, and I want to say it was like a 30-minute match, maybe. Um, I didn't write down the time of that one. Gosh darn it. I'm sorry, guys and gals. Uh, but he did secure the victory in regulation with no special rules, so he was able to get the position, get to the position in his own way. He made it happen and was able to get the submission. Now, talk about Felipe Pena. Pena, uh, he did beat Wagner. He did sub him. However, this was in overtime. And in that event, it was kind of like EBI rules where each opponent gets to start with their opponent in their on their back. So... Wagner started on the back of Pena first and wasn't able to do anything in the time that he was given. Then they switched and Pena was on the back of Wagner and eventually he was able to get the choke and that's how he was able to submit him. Prior to that though, Wagner was desperately trying to pass Pena's guard. He wasn't able to, but again, Pena wasn't able to do anything to keep Wagner within his guard or in, in any type of danger you know until that overtime so i don't know if that was his strategy i don't know if he's not trying to show what he's really been working on uh one of felipe pena's training partners aj agazar who's an invitee in adcc said hey yo watch out he's been working on some stuff he hasn't shown you guys and he's gonna fuck shit up at adcc so watch out but who knows man and uh do i think anything this is gonna be a really good matchup you know you never know what's going to happen, and somebody could totally have somebody's number. This could be a very bad matchup. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I'm excited to watch. I can't wait for Sunday to get here. It can't get here soon enough. Uh, as I'm recording this right now, as I'm talking to you guys, we are one, two, three, four sleeps away from this matchup. Um, I'm a bidding man. I got to put it on Gordon, man, because he, he hasn't shown – that anyone has the answer yet. And Felipe, although he did have the answer six, five years ago, 
A lot of stuff has happened. A lot of things have changed since then. How motivated is he? Is he going to be want to continue to make Gordon Ryan his fat chubby baby? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, that's it, y'all. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for this Who's Number One preview special. Thank you all for tuning in, Juchatettles. Don't forget to tune in to Flow Grappling this Sunday. I don't know what the time is going to be. Uh, I'll post that on Instagram later on. It is going to be this Sunday, August 7th. That is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, sister. But we're going to watch Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena Part 3. Big show. Come back after it's over. Come back here. Listen to our afterthoughts next week. Hey, take care, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Remember, keep rolling and training, and we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. This is The Motivation. Motivation.